You know, the way I would like to approach this morning, just like every time I come and open the, the Bible, is just let us study the Word of God together. Amen. Let's study the Word of God together. Let's look at the Scriptures together. You know, I'm going to be quoting Scriptures, and it would be great if you would just take note of the Scriptures that I'm quoting and go home and watch this again on YouTube. And just, I, I, I tell you what, you would get so much more. I, I do that often, not to my own messages, but... <laughs> but I have, I have some teachers, some people that I, their messages I've listened to tons and tons of times. And every time I'm like, oh, how come I didn't see that? How come I didn't hear that? And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So just, just uh, do that. Now, open up your Bibles in John chapter 1 and verse 14. John chapter 1. I love John. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, And the Word, the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as only of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Can you say that out loud with me? Full of grace and full of truth. Jump to verse 16. And of his fullness. Everyone say fullness. Because I want to teach today, I want to preach about living in the fullness of God. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Christ. You see, Jesus came to us full of grace and full of truth. Full of grace, and grace speaks about the disposition of God toward us. Grace speaks about God's benevolence. Grace speaks about things that God wants to do in our lives just because He loves us independent from the requirements of the law of Moses. And Jesus came full of grace, and He came full of truth. And, uh, and, and truth speaks of certainty. It speaks of reliability. It speaks of the integrity of that message. Truth means that it can be trusted. It is true. It can be believed. It can be embraced. So Jesus came full of grace. He came expressing the disposition of God toward us. Apart from the works of the law, God disposed to bless, disposed to save, disposed to forgive, disposed to be a father to us. But then the truth, you know, in a world where, you know, truth is, I mean... Nobody knows what truth is anymore, and there is a truth that is reliable. It is the truth of God's Word. It is a truth that Jesus came to, to give us, and it is a truth that can be believed. And Jesus came full of it, and He came full of it for us. And you know, truth is a central topic in the writings of John. If you look at the Gospel of John right here, if you look at 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, truth is a reoccurring theme, topic. In actual fact, just in the book of, right here, in, in, in the Gospel of John, 
The word truth is mentioned at least 25 times. And, and over and over again, John just kept on talking about the truth. Uh, uh, here's some very powerful ones. John 8.32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And, and, and John 14, 6, when, when Jesus, out of the, the mouth of Jesus came these words, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he heard those words from the lips of Jesus, that there was a truth that could set people free, and that Jesus was the embodiment, the personification of that truth. And he said, I am the way, the truth. The life. Amen. And, and it's interesting again that in the same gospel of John, there was a man, Pontius Pilate, who asked Jesus this question in John 18, 38. He said, but what is the truth? <laughs> so aren't you glad that in a world that is confused, in a world painted with tones of gray, there really is a truth that is black or white. Amen. And that truth can be found in Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus came full of grace and full of the kind of truth that can be relied upon because it is absolute and because it can be believed and because it produces results and impacts people's lives in a very real way. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So there is a, an outcome of one's reception of this truth. There is a freedom, amen, hallelujah. And, and I love verse 16, and verse 16 is really kind of the central verse for what we're going to talk about today. And verse 16 says, and of his fullness we have received, and grace for grace, and of his fullness we have received. Can you say that out loud with me? And of his fullness we have received. So Jesus didn't come to visit our planet having nothing to give us. Jesus didn't come to visit our planet having nothing to give us. He came to fill our emptiness with His fullness. You know, uh, 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 unlike, you know, in Eastern religions where they tell you to, it's about nothingness or emptiness, emptying your oneself. You know, the message of Jesus is, one not, is not one of emptiness, but it's one of fullness. <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, before I met Jesus, I was empty. I was already empty. I was empty of hope. I was empty of joy. I was empty of purpose. I lived an empty life that I try to fill with so many things. And... Uh, and I was empty, but Jesus came to fill me. Amen. Aren't you glad that he came to fill you? Come on. Help me preach here today. Amen. He came and filled us with hope and came and filled us with um, a future. And he came to fill us with purpose. And he came to fill us with the Holy Spirit of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was empty. But he came and filled me. So the message of Jesus is one of fullness. And of his fullness we have received. You know, Jesus came and he filled us with truth. He filled us with grace. He filled us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to fill us with his life. 
when, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting how the book of John starts, the gospel of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, and, and it's interesting, if you go to the book of the beginnings, Genesis, it, it says that in the beginning, the world was void, the world was empty, empty. But when the Word came into the world, that which was empty, that which was void, suddenly became full of life. Amen. Suddenly, you know, whatever God spoke came to existence. And, and that's exactly what Jesus came in to do, to do in, in our lives. He came to exchange our emptiness for His fullness. Amen. The Word is still doing what the Word did in the beginning. Hallelujah. It's still doing that in our lives. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. And of His fullness we have received. There was chaos. There was emptiness in our lives. There was a void in our lives. But Jesus came and brought us fullness. And of His fullness we have received. And we have received life. You know, when Jesus came to this world, He came so we would never be empty and that we would never be empty of His life, of His special life, Zoe life in the Greek, abundant life. John 10.10 10 in the Amplified Bible says, The thief comes only in order to kill and to steal and to destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy, that they may come, that they may have have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Does that sound like fullness? Amen. Fullness of life. Hallelujah. So that's the kind of life Jesus came to give us. And uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because we need to appropriate. We, we should not live our lives as if Jesus had, had added nothing to our lives and had nothing to give us in the now, uh, only in the future, in the sweet by and by. No, there's a life that we need to be living now. There's a healing we need to appropriate now. There's a peace we're going to have to take hold of it now. There's a fear we need to cast out and appropriate the, the joy and confidence that He gives us now. You're not going to need healing in heaven. You're not going to need peace in heaven. You're not going to need any of those things, abundant life, because it's all there. There's no devil in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no trouble in heaven. There's no anxiety in heaven. Thank God there isn't a chief medical officer in heaven telling that this there's some virus that penetrated the walls of heaven and now everybody's going to get it. There's some angels that already got it. No, thank God heaven is a place where the will of God is always done and there's no sickness in heaven. There's no virus in heaven. Come on, hallelujah. But while we live on this earth, yes, there are stuff out there, but we need to appropriate. We can't leave in the hopelessness in the lack of hope and lack of um, expectation of good things that people have out there in the world. Because we live in the same world, but we have been given fullness. Of His fullness we have received. Everyone say with me, of His fullness, of his fullness. I, have I have received. Now you need to believe that. And stop talking about what you don't have 
about what you wish you had, about what you're not going to have, where you're not going to go. Where, come on. Amen. You don't need to be a believer to talk about like that. Everybody out there already talks like that. But it takes a believer to say, I have received his fullness in my life. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So legally, this abundant life is ours. It is our inheritance. However, just like any inheritance, it needs to be claimed. It needs to be believed. Amen. Um, I, I studied law, and, and I, I didn't study law. Like Sophia, my daughter, she studied law here in Australia, and it's common law. It's called common law. The law we study in, in continental Europe is basically Roman law. You know, those Romans, we're still studying their law. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it's a very interesting thing that when it comes to inheritances, that I, in the Roman law, especially in the day of Jesus, a son could be disinherited. But someone who's been adopted as a son could never be disinherited. Isn't that very interesting? That the Bible says we have been, we have received adoption as sons. And we have been made co-heirs with Christ. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have an inheritance. We cannot be disinherited. We cannot be unblessed. We can, our blessing, our status with God cannot be revoked. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody help me preach here today. Hallelujah. We have an inheritance in God. But let me just say this. It doesn't just drop on us from the ceiling. It needs, we need to take hold of it in a secret place with God. With our Bible opened. Through prayer. Using our faith. I mean, this, this happens through relationship, you know. This doesn't happen just, in, and then you have, you know, listen to it here, and then you go home and, and live like the world. No, this happens when you spend time with the one that provides the inheritance with, you know, this, this, is, this is, Christianity is not a religion. We don't tick religious boxes. It's a relationship. And the more you hang out with Jesus, the more of His life will manifest in your life. The more of His power will manifest in your power. The more your mind will be renewed. Amen. The more the mind of Christ will be in you. The less depression. The, the more victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everyone say with me, and of His fullness, we have received. No, that's a very powerful statement of His fullness, of the fullness of Jesus we have received. I imagine you knew how much money I had in the bank. You have to have a lot of imagination. Because there isn't a lot. But anyway. Uh, but one day I decided to just empty my bank account and give it all to you. You would say, well, of Pastor Lewis's fullness I have received. Well, just think about it. Of his fullness, we have received. He emptied himself for us. He gave himself totally for us. Every bit of blood out of his body for us. Completely, totally. Colossians chapter 2 verse 19 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, this is a, a theological term that is, I mean, just I... I've, I've been studying 
this word for so many years of God, degrees of God, all this kind of stuff, I'm still thinking about what that looks like. That, that the, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in Jesus. That the immense greatness, indescribable dimension of God bodily inhabited the body of Jesus, came, was in Him, the fullness but, but think about it. The Bible says, of his fullness you have received. Now, just try to get your head around that. Just food for thought. The Bible says we have received from his fullness. Colossians 1.19, he says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. You know, Jesus didn't come empty. Jesus came 100% God, 100% man. And in his bodily... I mean, in, in, in his body, he, he carried the fullness of God. Wow. <laughs> the soldiers came to arrest him. Who are you looking for? Jesus, that's me. Kaboom, just fell under the power. Why? Because the fullness of the Godhead was in him. <laughs> On that month of transfiguration, Jesus kind of just said, this is what I really look like when I, as I stand before the Father. The Bible says he was transfigured before them. And his words were glistening. There were light. They, and whoa, they, they saw the majesty of Jesus. It was all there bodily in him. So just think about, just think about the greatness of what was encapsulated in Jesus as he walked on the earth. And the Bible says, of his fullness we have received. Wow, that doesn't make us gods, but, but make us recipients of something that originated in Jesus. And let me take that thought a little bit further. Paul, in actual fact, prayed to the, for the Ephesians, not prayed to the Ephesians. We're not Catholics, we don't pray to the saints, we pray to Jesus. <laughs> it's a joke, come on. <laughs> joke. Hallelujah. Now, the Ephesians, he prayed for the Ephesians. And, and he prayed in chapter 3, verse 19. He prayed this prayer that you, may be, that you may be filled, the second part, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Whoa. Everyone say, whoa. whoa. What does that mean? But the Bible says, I mean, I'm just quoting the Bible. The Bible says, and this was the, Paul, the, the prayer of Paul for the Ephesians, that they would be filled, that they would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Can you know something you don't know? I don't want to leave you confused, but let me just say something. You can know things that you don't know. You can know things spiritually that your mind will probably take a while to catch up. And then it says that you may be filled with the fullness of God. In other words, that you will not, he was praying for the Ephesians that they would not leave their lives depleted of the reality, of the power, of the investment that God made in their lives. But wherever they went, there would be a fullness of Jesus. That when trials would come, the fullness of Jesus would overtake any sense of depression, any sense of hopelessness. That that the power of Jesus in them would cause mountains to be moved 
out of the way would cause the life of God to explode on inside of them. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we need to grow in the revelation of what that looks like. What it is to be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. I'll give you another scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and 23 says, and this is talking about the church, and he put all things under his feet, and he gave him to be the head over all things. To the church, everyone say, I am the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, wait a minute. You know what the Bible is saying here? That, G, that the church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness of him. In other words, what the scripture says is that the church is to contain the fullness of Jesus. We have received fullness. So therefore... We are to live like, pray like, believe like, walk like, really the fullness of Jesus is in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let me remind you, the, church, the message of Jesus is not one of emptiness. No, it's, it's not nothingness. Because in actual fact, if you go after nothingness, I already had it before I met Jesus even. But, but if you keep going along that line without Jesus and whatever religion, you're going to end up in nothingness. But the message of Jesus is fullness. Fullness. Come on, fullness. But fullness of what? Jesus came to fill us with everything he himself is filled with. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Now the church is to contain the fullness of him. The fullness of Him. I mean, that sounds a bit arrogant. I, I'm, I'm not, I hope, I, I hope I'm just, I hope you understand I'm just reading the Bible. Not the Reader's Digest. Are we believers in this place? Yes. Amen. Are we believers in this place? Yes. If He said it, is it not so? Yes, yes it is. We, we may not understand. We may not yet be there. But, but hey, let nothing stop you from going there and, and, and receiving a fresh revelation of what this thing is all about. Now, the church is content of fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, who fills all in all. In other words, Jesus fills. It doesn't empty you. It fills you. And he fills all. Elbow your next, your friend there, and you at home. If you don't have a friend, sorry, but anyway, elbow the dog, whatever it is next to you at home, just, and, and just say, it feels you. It feels all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the church is to contain the fullness. Now, this is, this is so, so powerful that fullness belongs to us. And I would ask you, please just go home, just meditate again in the scriptures. I am meditating on them. I am like, God, what does this look like? Lord, what does this mean practically in my life, in my situations, in my family? How does this translate into what you meant in your word? Now, Jesus came to verse 16 again, and his fullness 
and of his fullness we have received, and grace for grace. Wow. As if the fullness was not enough, then there's grace for grace. <laughs> I mean, as, as, if, as if fullness, God said, I'm going to top it up. I'm going to top it up with grace for grace. And the, the Passion Translation says, grace heaped up, heaped up upon more grace. It's like levels, levels and levels of grace. It's like grace for every day. How many of you need grace every day? I need the grace of God every day. Every Sunday, every Monday, I need the grace of God. Um, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. How many of you go for encouragement in the book of Lamentations? <laughs> you know, Lamentations like you open the Bible in the middle. God give me something. Lamentations. Okay, another one. But there's hope in Lamentations, you know. Lamentations 3.23. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. How many of you understand tomorrow morning there'll be grace? And the day after, there'll be grace. And on Tuesday, there'll be grace. Great is thy faithfulness. Just on time. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Oh, come on, help me, Karen. And has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, God unto me. Can we sing it one more time? Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Oh, this choir is kind of getting there. Do you want to stand up to your feet and sing with me one more time? Great is thy, with every hand raised in this place, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Oh,
Oh, great is the faithfulness of our God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I've had my Benny Hinn moment. Now you can sit down. What are you doing here? You can sit down. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I haven't finished yet. Hallelujah. I'm going to do Benny Hinn one, one now. Every hand raised. Oh, let's sing hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it okay if we get happy in the house of God? (laughs) Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Grace, everyday grace, the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's important that we acknowledge what we have received in Christ. I tell you what, you will understand today's message if you would have if you listen to the two previous messages that I've talked about. And last week I talked about Philemon, or Philemon, whatever your preference is. Chapter 1, verse 7. I'm going to get into trouble when I get to heaven and I meet Philemon. I'm like, why, why could you just be called John or something, you know? Philemon. He made it hard for all of us. But Philemon said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Because it is so easy for us when we're faced with circumstances and situations to focus on what we don't have. Focus on what we lack. Oh, if only, how many of you have had conversations? If only I could, if only I had. And the Bible says, speaks about the acknowledgement of all the things that we do have in Christ Jesus. Now I believe a great, a great cure for depression is, is the acknowledgement, one of them. And I'll, I'll talk about it sometime, you know, from a biblical perspective. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a Bible guy, so from the Bible. Uh, you know, gratitude and acknowledgement of what you do have are major keys to unlock you out of depression, out of the cloud of darkness. Amen. And see that there's light. Hallelujah. See that, yes, I had a tough week, but hey, other people have had it tougher. There are people in the hospital right now. There are people who couldn't come to this service today because they're sick. You know, come on, God gave us strength. God did give us something. We are here today with breath in our lungs. Amen. I don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow there's new grace. Tomorrow there's new mercy. Hallelujah. Tomorrow there is Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, God calls us to focus on what we do have and what belongs to us in Christ. And what we have at our disposal is fullness and grace upon grace. You know, grace is God's disposition to be just, just to be good to us just because He loves us. But grace also speaks of empowerment, enablement, the ability to do something. Being graced with, that's why the Apostle Paul, God just said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. It's like, come on Paul, get a revelation of what the grace of God is because it is sufficient. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1, 4 to 7. Okay, I've got two more scriptures. Is everyone good? Are we still awake? Yeah, come on. Or shall we sing again? No, okay. 
No, all right. First Corinthians 1, 4 to 7, I thank my God always concerning you is, is acknowledging something in them for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you were impoverished in everything. Oh, sorry. I was reading the Reader's Digest. That you are enriched. Everyone say enriched. In everything. It means that Jesus came to add something to our lives. Completeness. Fullness. Richness. In all utterance and knowledge. And even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed to you. That you came short of no good gift. Isn't that wonderful? We came short of no good gift. And the only thing we're waiting is for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like until He comes, we need to acknowledge what we have received. We need to believe what we have received. That He has not left us empty. He has not left us short of anything, short of any gift, any... Actually, that's the word grace, charis, any charis or any charisma, any special endowment of God for our lives. He's given us all things. Nothing missing, complete in Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, come on. It's wonderful to, isn't it great to go to the Word and find the Word, what belongs to us, our inheritance in Christ. Mm. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Listen, there is sufficiency in Christ. There is completeness in Christ. We are, say to the person, or say to yourself, forget about the person, say to yourself, I am complete in Christ. I've got what it takes. I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, it says our sufficiency is from God. There are many, many other scriptures. Let me just say, I've been saying over the past two weeks that we should never think of Jesus as if He had added nothing to our lives other than the promise of heaven. And thank God for heaven. But as if there was nothing He could help us with now in this world. No, of His fullness we have received and grace for grace. You know, they came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 14 and they said, Jesus... And verse 16, Jesus, the hour is already late. Uh, send a multitude away that they can, may go into the villages and buy themselves, they'll, they're, they're, themselves food. They're like, Jesus, you know, it's wonderful that you preach all those great messages, but the hour is already late. As if Jesus didn't know what time it was. And, and this is a deserted place as if Jesus was some, somehow lost and he didn't know where he was. Send the multitudes away that they may go, may go somewhere else. Because Jesus, we know you're a great preacher, but we've never known you as a chef and these people need to eat. The nearest McDonald's is 2,000 years away. Let them go to the villages quickly and find themselves food. And Jesus said these words. Jesus said, they don't need to go away. It's like, you know, the, yeah, Jesus, you can preach great messages, but here's a practical need. These guys really need food, like real food. Jesus said, they don't need to go away. We never, you know what? 
there is sufficiency in Jesus. And what came after that was a banquet for thousands of people. Jesus manifested fullness. Right at the end it says, and they all ate and were filled. They all ate and were filled. The message of Jesus is one of fullness. Fullness. We don't need alternatives. We don't need something else that Jesus cannot offer. Jesus is sufficient to supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. is sufficient in every way. Hallelujah. Oh man, I wish I, wish I had another, another hour to kind of get deeper into this stuff. But the hour is already late. And the disciples are saying, send the multitude away. And I'm saying, they don't need to go away. There's a table prepared for them. There's food that they need to eat. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, don't labor for the food that perishes. Hmm? We put so much energy into that kind of stuff. I wish we, had, we would put more energy into this stuff. I wish we would eat more of this stuff. I, I tell you what, we would see greater manifestation of this stuff. This wouldn't just be poetry to your ears. This wouldn't just be, you know, a nice, great message. Thank you, Pastor Luis. I'll be back next week. This would be, um, there would be a manifestation of all, of the fullness of all that is given us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I really have to quit, you know. But I want to say we are not orphaned. We are not helpless in, the, in this world. We, Jesus didn't leave us alone to fight our battles. He, he's filled us. You've got what it takes. And no one ever needs to leave the presence of Jesus. To go and find something that Jesus can't give them. Jesus can give you everything. <laughs>